Hi, welcome back to part two on our conversation about COVID research and vaccines with our guest, Michelo Simiandi. And we're your hosts, Kunda and Zikambiani. And this is Everything's Coming Up STEM. I'm actually glad that uh, towards the end you mentioned that um, uh, the scientific communities, they are not necessarily to dispel the arguments or the myths that people are, coming, are bringing up, but to actually engage people on that. Because I noticed uh, most of it maybe is coming from uh, a layman's point of view or lack of really understanding what goes into it. So I think for me, this is also educational when you talked to us or walked us through the phases. Because another thing that... Um, usually came up is no, how come the vaccination was created in such, a, in such a short period of time? Doesn't this take years? But I think running us through that, you get to see it, okay, it actually, they've actually done the due diligence before it actually reached or reaches the, let me not say patients, but the community at large. Um, so something that I wanted to find out, you did mention that at CIDAS you are collecting some information and there's an application out there for people to input their symptoms and um, side effects. But as a whole, what contribution have we made or are we making towards research and vaccination either in Africa or in Zambia to be specific? Right. Um, so, so before I talk about the contribution to research, you, you touched on another, uh, I think, important point, which was around the speed at which the vaccine was developed. Um, I think that there are two things uh, that the COVID vaccine has benefited from. One is the epidemic itself. Uh, having been infectious and spreading quickly. Um, the second is about the technology. I think the technology of using messenger RNA for vaccines had been developed for other vaccines. And so when uh, COVID uh, was uh, defined and determined as the cause for uh, this um, uh, disease, and then the sequence was published, it was very easy for people to quickly go in. And it's kind of you already have a factory. And all you just need to do is to change a design and tweak a few things, and then you move forward. And then the testing, if you can imagine the number of thousands of people that, you know, have been affected over a short period of time, um, you can easily see how the hundreds or thousands, if you are testing in a thousand people to see whether people can be protected, it's very easy for you to hit those numbers because COVID is highly infectious and it's a very fast uh, and acute um, disease. So that adds to the speed with which um, these vaccines were uh, uh, developed and even qualified because we reached at a point where we were able to collect enough safety data for the regulators to feel comfortable to move to the next 
uh, phase. Now, coming to the point of what uh, Africa or Zambia has contributed towards vaccine uh, development, I think that um, at the moment, I would say for the current COVID vaccines, this is what I know is we haven't contributed much in terms of us developing a vaccine of our own. And this is, I think, the call that, you know, Africa is being called to say we need to develop and increase our research output and our research capacity. Um, however, it's not all doom and gloom. I think that um, organizations like ourselves at uh, Center for Infectious Disease Research in Zambia, we have developed capacity, which we are calling clinical trials unit. And here we do, or we are able to test vaccines and this not only for COVID, but for other diseases like um, some diseases like diarrhea in children, uh, agents or germs, if you like, um, we are able to do phase one, phase two, and phase three studies here. And currently in our unit, we are uh, testing uh, several vaccines um, to that effect. However, we are also building capacity in terms of having research students, be it masters and PhD, who are developing this capacity so that we can probably in the near future, be able to even begin to think around how to develop a vaccine candidate that we can potentially um, test for different uh, diseases. And um, speaking for Africa, I think we have um, certain agencies uh, that have been put in place. Um, I think that um, um, Organizations like the Academy, uh, African Academy of Sciences, um, the African Union Development Agency, um, which is uh, uh, part of, uh, and NEPAD as well, um, they have created certain efforts where they are focusing on developing Africa's research capacity, which begins from training people in terms of human capacity in research and development, but also there are these centers of excellence that have been identified or are being supported so that we also develop capacity to be able to do some of these things. And what COVID I think has done is for example, curtailed travel. So in a situation where I would have to fly to Oxford, for example, to do an experiment because I have a variant which the US or the UK um, is scared that, you know, I'm coming from Zambia, I might be able to take a variant on that side. Entails that then Africa has to develop its own local capacity to do certain things which we would have flown overseas to be able to do. So I see this as an opportunity for us to grow. Um, while there is a lot of strides that have been made, I think there's a lot of room uh, for us to, um, to grow. 
Okay. I think it's really interesting because I didn't know that we had the capacity to sort of do these tests and like go through like different phases of, of, you know, vaccine studies. So I think that's quite interesting to hear. And I hope like, yeah, every, everyone is actually quite happy about that. Cause I think one thing that um, has been said or, or, or what people think is that we really don't have the capacity for such things. So the fact that we're kind of on our way, on our way there makes me really happy. Um, I guess one question that I wanted to ask, because you talked about capacity building. So what sort of, I suppose, programs have been put into place to sort of um, just help people get into research? And also, I think it would be good to like just get your experience of how you transition from kind of being a science teacher and then now you're here and you're doing all this very like this great work. And is they like is there any like guidance you can give to people who are trying to get into it or who may be interested in getting into research? Right. Thanks. Um, so um, I will speak really around the experience I have um, inside us um, because I've spent uh, close to seven or eight years now uh, inside us. So what we have at CIDAS uh, in terms of capacity building for research, and in this case, this is research around health uh, and human health in particular, even though we do uh, research that also affects um, the diseases that are of animal origin, which affects human beings, um, and that is called uh, zoonotic diseases. But what we have at CIDAS is um, different opportunities. So we have the first level would be like internships. So um, people doing um, biomedical research um, and people that even do um, uh, uh, kind of social science research, which relates to uh, science, I mean, uh, 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 basic science, and I'll, I'll, I'll substantiate that uh, in a little while. So we offer internships, and these internships would be uh, a person who would be interested to do or to generate and see what happens in, for example, the work that I do, um, would apply for an internship when we have an opening, if we do, they can be with us for three months or six months. And if they are in our lab, um, we can expose them to the work that we do. Um, if they're a social scientist and they're interested in understanding how willing, for example, people are to participate in these trials, and we can also expose them to our community engagement processes in the different sites where we do our work. For example, we have clinical trials unit sites in Matero, George, Kanyama, even in Chawama, um, where we do uh, um, some of our research and some of it um, in, Karik, um, in China South near Karikiriki. We also do um, <clears throat> research there in the communities. So we would give you an opportunity to come and work with us 
so that you see how we do the work and kind of understand what it takes to be a researcher, depending on the particular skill set that you want. If you are a basic science person, then we would give you time to be in the lab so that you understand how um, we process samples when we draw blood from participants, how do we process it, how do we store it, what type of tests we do, how do we read out the information. But then also expose you when we do these analysis and write these articles, scientific articles, we involve you so that then you see. And you also participate, for example, in what we call dissemination meetings where we disseminate either to participants or to MOH, where we're able to say, you know, on this particular research question, this is what we have done and these are the findings, so that those findings can feed into our policy. So we have um, internships. We also at CIDAS run um, what we call a health core fellowship. And this is a one year fellowship um, usually we advertise these at the end of the year uh, at CIDAS where people apply and the you know, selection process goes uh, up to somewhere around April. People are notified and they are supposed to report by the 1st of June. Now, you are given 11 months to be at CIDAS. You'll be attached, <coughs> excuse me, you'll be attached to a specific program and you are given mentors. And then as you begin, you would have certain objectives for your fellowship. And so all that throughout that 11 years, I mean, 11 months, sorry, you then go through um, direct mentorship or you are given certain jurisdiction around certain research projects that you oversee as you also develop um, your interest. And at the end of that, a period, even if you don't stay with us, we don't hold it against you. We are happy because we know that um, capacity, the more researchers we have as a country, the better for us. But if there is an opportunity for us to keep you and you are also happy, some people have stayed on um, for a longer period. The other opportunity we have is um, together with the Global Health uh, Core, we also are a site for the Global Health Core uh, fellowships. So those also run almost concurrent with the CIDAS uh, core fellows, but they are administered uh, by a different uh, organization. But again, it's similar. We identify a project, we advertise, uh, people come through, we evaluate, select, and then when you are selected, you get to work with us through your career uh, plan. Some people come straight from school and want to have practice of the theoretical things that they have, we provide that. And others might also want a bit of um, theoretical help around certain aspects, we also provide that. And then the other thing also is what um, I think we do internally. I think all our staff speaking for um, our unit is we encourage all our staff to focus on continuous professional development. So we would like to see people developing and growing in their career, um, so, such that if you came in as a data clerk, 
we don't want 10 years or five years being with us, you are still doing a data click. At least you need to move to somewhere where you become maybe a strategic information officer or something like that. So those are some of the things that we do. Um, and in addition to that, we host a lot of postgraduate uh, students who are, say, registered at UNSA or the School of Vet, and either they want to use certain platforms with us or we have a project that may align with their school project or research project. So we can host them as they do their research project and they also learn uh, from there. So that's what we currently have and have established at CIDAS. And um, I think that's a very good contribution uh, that we feel proud of as an organization. Now, um, coming to the question of how um, the um, science teacher uh, came to do what, <laughs> what I do, um, I think it's a, it's a story of um, sometimes when you are deliberate and others, it's really opportunities are, are, are coming up. Um, I graduated um, 2003 uh, from UNSA. And uh, during that time, um, the country was going through the HIPIC um, uh, completion point initiative. Um, and because of that, there was um, employment and wage freezes until we reached certain benchmarks so that then our debt could be um, forgiven as a country. That entailed that I could not be recruited as a science teacher uh, in government um, at the time until we reached certain milestones. But during that period of waiting to be recruited and deployed, um, one of my lecturers uh, in my fourth year had uh, a small research project and he invited me to uh, help him as a research assistant. And that's how I started doing um, some work there. And then later on, he asked me if I could come in as a tutor for um, third and fourth year, second, third and fourth year students. And so I helped him um, kind of help as an assistant uh, lecturer, if you like, or tutor, uh, both in terms of labs and tutorials for their lectures. So that's where my kind of interest. I did have an interest in a research career, but I didn't know how to go about it. But that's an opportunity that really set a light bulb uh, in my uh, mind. Um, to the extent to which that in 2005, I then applied to do a postgraduate uh, degree at the University of Cape Town, where I studied molecular and cell biology. And uh, from then onwards, um, I was exposed to a very different, diverse group um, at the University of Cape Town, led by um, Professor Ed Rybitsky, who happens to be um, Zambian-born, but uh, has nationalized in South Africa. And um, I think that also helped me to have a mentor who um, treated me as a brother, I mean, a young brother in a foreign uh, country, and also inspired me because he has developed candidate vaccines in terms of human papilloma virus. Um, and they were also working on developing an HIV vaccine at the time. So 
that I think helped me grow and switch uh, my career from teaching into research. But I still say I'm still a teacher because I have a lot of um, students who I, I, I host for their postgraduate um, uh, projects. I'll end here. Well, thank you so much. I feel like that was such a, that was really informative and also um, inspirational for anyone who wants to join that path or anyone who would like to go into research or into work that's somehow outside the field that they're currently in. I think those are lessons to be learned. And also, thank you so much for joining us this week on Everything is Coming Up STEM, Mr. Michello. Thank you for um, sharing your work with us. I think this was quite an informative session that we've had. Well, you are welcome. I'm, I'm really happy that I did find time to um, speak to both of you. And um, yeah, really excited to share what I can and hope that, um, you know, as and when there's an opportunity uh, to discuss and share what I have, um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, come and share and, 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 and do this um, podcast. But also to say, I think you are also doing a good job. I think we need to have more um, content um, around STEM and careers around STEM, um, especially in Zambia, and uh, focused also on research. Um, as a career, because we do have a lot of things that we need to um, to do and develop uh, in terms of solutions to the challenges that we have. And I think that um, the advantage we have of having a young population means that if we did empower uh, our population at the right time, we definitely the future becomes brighter. And I think that we would um, achieve much more um, if we started uh, uh, early. And uh, I really appreciate um, a platform like this one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. That's Twitter and Instagram at Tukule STEM and Facebook at Tukule STEM Network. Let us know what topics you'd like to discuss. And if you'd like to feature, please, please, please get in touch. Bye and join us next time on Everything's Coming Up STEM.